notice all the altar team wear masks uh, because if someone wants prayer and uh, they're, they're sick or something like that, it just they might feel like they can't even come for prayer because uh, the, if we didn't have masks on with our team up here. So I'm so thankful for our decision team. How many of you appreciate our prayer team? And, and so we're, we're following all those guidelines and between services we... We, uh, we follow that. There's intense cleaning that goes on around here between each of the services. We're uh, doing as they've asked and asking folks to leave out this door when you leave service today and uh, or this one here and exit that way so that folks coming in, there's not a, you know, a lot of cross traffic and all of that. And uh, uh, so when you go to the restroom, it's always good to wash your hands. I wish somebody would say amen. How many of you men can say amen? You get, Come on now. So you have to wash your hands anyway. So make sure that you're following all of those precautions. And uh, here in our, uh, in our area, we've been blessed. But at the same time, we, we do want you to be careful and take good care of yourself. And so Pastor Rob, through all of this, has been, I think he's done a great job leading us through this. And, and can we thank God for our pastor and his wife, Monica? I just, I'm so glad they got to get away. I'm really happy for them. Really happy for them. Well, uh, I'm excited about sharing the Word as well, looking forward to it. If you go to your Bible then in Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, I want to share this a simple thought. It's strength for each step, strength for each step. You know, Pastor Robbie has been sharing with us on the thought, why am I so tired? And so... Uh, uh, I kept telling him it's because you won't take any time off. <laughs> but in addition to that, he's, I think he's done a great job sharing with us about some of the things that, that make us tired when we don't need to be tired. And so today, I just want to stay in that vein and share with you strength for each step, the strength that God gives and the strength that God promises. And so let's, let's take a look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. And the Lord said unto Moses... Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they may go forward. Everybody say, go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray your rich blessing upon it. Would you give each one here strength for the next step, strength for the journey, all that you have promised us. Would you pour that out upon them and send your blessing, hand, and strength in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. 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 Well, in this story, after centuries of life in Egypt, that developed into slavery and bondage and chains for the people of God. The Hebrew people were finally being released from that bondage. And in this passage, it records the story of how that they had been released by Pharaoh. Pharaoh had, had released them from their chains, and they reached the edge of the banks of the Red Sea when suddenly the powerful Egyptian army catches up with them. They see the army coming from behind them, and and you see, what had happened is Pharaoh had changed his mind. Pharaoh had decided that he didn't want to let them be free after all. And so he chased and pursued after them and caught them right there at the Red Sea. 
knowing that there was nowhere for them to go. And so in that situation, it looked like Pharaoh was going to be triumphant. The people of God were in fear. And it's in that setting that God speaks to Moses and says to Moses, don't cry. Why are you crying to me? Don't, in other words, it's, it's kind of like saying, why are you whining? Don't, don't cry out to me and whine to me. It's, it's God saying, haven't I been faithful? I've brought you this far. Uh, Pharaoh's army is no problem. You're, you're free. Don't worry about it. You're free. And I think, have you ever felt that way, though, that like the children of Israel must have felt at that moment? Have you ever thought you were finally free, free of some fear, some doubt, some habit, some addiction, some stronghold, or even some sin, only to discover that the feelings had returned? The temptation is back. And you thought, well, I thought I was free. I, 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 thought, I thought when I, I got saved, God brought me out, I, I would be free from that. And, and why has this come? Well, I want to help you today. I want you to understand that just because the temptation, just because the feelings, just because the desire is still there, it doesn't mean that God didn't set you free. The Bible says in John 8 and verse 36, Jesus said, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You are free, child of God. You have been delivered from the chains of sin. Satan no longer has a hold on you. Just like the Hebrew children, they were free. But Pharaoh didn't want to give them up. You are free, but Satan doesn't want to give you up. Just because you've been set free doesn't mean that the adversary doesn't want to draw you back with some temptation and some, some attraction, some sin, something that once held you in chains. It doesn't mean that he won't come and, and try to draw you back. But that doesn't mean that you are not free because he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Can I tell you this, that just because God delivered the people of Israel from Pharaoh... It didn't mean that Pharaoh stopped being Pharaoh. Just because God sets you free from the devil, it doesn't mean the devil got saved. You're the one that got saved. He's going to keep doing what the devil does. You just keep standing on the truth that you have been made free through the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so you've got to believe in your heart and understand that just because the devil's after you, that doesn't mean you aren't free. It doesn't mean you weren't delivered. No. And so with Egypt behind them and the Red Sea in front of them, God speaks to Moses and says, tell the people of God to go forward. Go forward? Well, the, the enemy is behind, but in front there is this impenetrable sea. It's almost like they were trapped. But God said, don't cry, don't whine. I'm the one who brought you out. And it wasn't like the, the children of, of Israel, the Hebrew people hadn't seen a miracle before. Moses was famous for that, for miracles. That's what led to Pharaoh releasing them. And so God says, don't cry to me. Stretch the rod forth and tell the people to go forward. And so as they obeyed God and took the first step, the scripture says that, that God pushed that water back, stood it on like a mountain of water, a water wall on each side, blew upon it with an east wind and dried the seabed out. And so one step at a time, one step of faith at a time, the people of God then began to step into the Red Sea. 
I've tried to imagine that triumphant march toward the Red Sea. You've got to remember there was somewhere between 2 to 6 million Hebrews. It's going to take them a while to cross over. And so as they're crossing over, they're, they're lined up like an army, and they, and they begin to march into the sea. I, I can't help but imagine mothers carrying infants, children holding onto their father's robes. There must have been some screams and shouts as they entered that seabed, and, 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 and soon it turned to stunned silence because as they're going step by step through the middle of the sea, there's this Im- Massive water wall on each side. Knowing that at any moment, if if God should take his hand away, the water would collapse upon them and their entire families would die. Have you ever thought about the faith that it took for these men and women and their families to take one step at a time, trusting the word of God, stepping out on the word of the Lord by faith, Stepping into the Red Sea, inching one step at a time through the middle of the sea with a wall of water on each side. Every man, woman, boy, and girl began to march through the sea. God must have given them the courage. God must have stirred their faith. It's it's unnatural to step out in that kind of faith. They must have put their confidence in the Lord and then God gave them the power, the strength for each step one at a time. And God will do the same for you. Listen to me. Don't go back into sin just because you still have desires. Don't yield to the habit just because you're tempted. Instead, move one step forward. I tell you, God will take care of Pharaoh. God can tell the water wall back. God will deliver you. God can take care of the devil. All our responsibility is is to trust him and take one step forward at a time. Make one good decision at a time. God can hold back the sea, take care of Pharaoh at the same time with one hand tied behind his back. God is still God. He, He can take the forces that blocked you, that bound you, that hindered your progress, threatened your life and threatened your family and used them as road material for the street of freedom that brings you into the promises of God. You've got to put your confidence in the Lord. You've got to put your trust in Him. And by faith, take a step one at a time and He will give you strength for each step. Now some of you may say, well, that makes for good preaching, but practically, Pastor, how in the world do you do you take that step of, of faith and, and courage? Well, first, I'm going to give you some simple, two simple things. But before, you, before I do, I don't want you coming back at me with that, oh, that's too simple stuff. <laughs> because can I tell you, when you got saved, all it took, all it took, all it took was to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he was, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. That's all it took. All you had to do was trust and believe in the greatest miracle, greater than anything we read about in the Bible today. The greatest miracle took place when God saved you from your sin, delivered you, and set you on the road to heaven. So can I tell you that if salvation is that simple, the answer to this question, how do I take the next step, it's just as simple. And it starts just like this. It starts this way. First, decide to trust him. 
You've got to decide to trust God more than you trust the opinions of men, more than you trust anything else in this world. You've got to decide to trust God. In Exodus 14, verse 15, the Scripture says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Why criest thou to me? Speak unto the children that they may go forward. Just tell them to go forward. Wow. And so Moses is like, well, I guess I'm going to have to just trust God. And so he turned around to two to six million people and said, we're going forward. Hello? That's trust. You've got to trust God. You've got to take Him at His word. You've got to put your confidence in the Lord to go forward. In other words, just take the next step forward. Even Moses had to stop crying. You're going to have to listen to me. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But you're going to have to stop crying, whining, complaining like it can't be done. I'm here to tell you God is for you, not against you. You've just got to trust Him and you have to take the next step. Take the next step. Make the next good decision. That's all God asks of you. As a matter of fact, when you, when you look at the Word, you see Proverbs 16, 9. The Scripture says in Proverbs 16, 9, a, a man's heart devises his way. You know, we, we will, we'll look at a problem, the thing in front of us, the Red Sea, and we'll say, well, let's see, let's see. There's a, uh, we can get this crew to build and uh, you go gather some wood. Uh, uh, don't you have some nails over there? Let's just build a big boat. Uh, I mean, it happened once before. There was an ark, and, and let's just build something here. Let's get to work. Hurry, 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 hurry. I mean, we can, we can devise a way. Men devise a way. But the truth is God will direct your steps. So you have to get to the place to where you don't trust in chariots, you don't trust in horses, you don't trust in men, but you trust in the Word of the Lord. You put your confidence in God's Word and you step forward and trust Him. Just take the next step forward. Psalm 37 and verse 23 says the steps of a good man. And the word there for steps means each individual step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth, this is my favorite part of that verse, he delighteth in his way. In other words, God has this good plan, this great path for you. He's excited about it. He's delighting in the way he has prepared. He, his, his blessing is upon it. I don't know what's wrong with us sometimes. We'll start, instead of following after the Lord and this great plan and path he has for our lives, and, and instead of putting our confidence in his love for us, we'll like, you know, I think I'll just go over here. And we'll wind up in some disaster, some failure, some compromise morally. We'll follow our feelings instead of our faith. We'll find ourselves going after the thing we desire and the things we want and the temptation instead of following after God's Word just one more step at a time, just one good decision at a time because there's a way God has for you. Can somebody shout hallelujah and God delights in it? It's a good way. He's a good, good Father. You've got to trust Him. You've got to trust Him. But tragically, many people are the victims of their own bad decisions. <laughs> that hurts, doesn't it? And let me tell you something else that's kind of simplistic, but it's true. Sin, sin is always a bad decision. It's never a good decision. Sin is always a bad decision. 
God is always right. God is on the throne. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen to me. He knows everything about everything. He knew, he knew tomorrow yesterday. He knows the end from the beginning. He wrote the book on it. He knows how it's all, he's already been into your future. He's already planned a way. God's too big to be wrong. He never makes a mistake. He didn't have to attend some school for young gods. He didn't have to get educated. There's nothing you're going to teach him. He knows the way. He knows the path. He's God Almighty. Trust the Lord. Put your confidence in God and take the next step forward. Don't become the victim of your own bad decision. If you and God disagree, well, you've been wrong before. You're wrong again. He loves you and His way is always right. So decide to trust Him and and begin to guard every step. Guard, guard that step. And let me tell you how to do that. You guard every step by asking God to guide every step. Wow, that's tweetable. Somebody ought to throw that out there. <laughs> guard every step by asking and allowing God to guide every step. Ask Him and allow Him to guide each decision. It's one thing to ask Him, but it's another thing to allow Him to guide you. No decision is too little or too big for God. So ask Him. Turn it over to the Lord. And here's how you do that. It's, it's, it's simple. How you guard each step is, first of all, you trust the Bible. Trust the Bible. Right. Study the Scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Trust the Bible. Study the Scriptures. And if your feelings disagree with the Scriptures, then you're just wrong. You're going to have to do some damage to your sensitive little feelings and obey God. Every time, listen, everything I've wanted hasn't been the will of God. Is there anybody else in here who's ever had a wrong desire? There comes a time in your life where you've got to say no to your feelings and no to your flesh and yes to the Word of God. Trusting God's Word to be right, always right. And so you trust the Bible. And secondly, you seek godly counsel. That becomes the failure of so many. Instead of seeking godly counsel, they'll, they'll go to someone else who they know will agree with them. They'll find someone else who, who, who disagrees with God's Word, and, and they, they ask them, what, what do you think? Well, see, I knew, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm. And so we just go ahead, and we, go, we march into a bad decision together, hand in hand, case sirrah, sirrah. And, and so instead of trusting God's Word and seeking godly counsel, no, find someone who got it right. Someone who is some elder. Some, if you're, you've got a question about marriage, then find somebody whose marriage works, who's, who's, been, who's lived the, the life, who's, whose family is secure, whose children are serving God. I wish somebody out there would say amen. amen. Seek godly counsel. Find it from someone who got it right. Because in the areas that, that I've, I've gotten it wrong in my life, all I can, the best advice I can tell you is don't do what I did. And so I want to find God's Word and study it and trust the Bible and seek godly counsel. Second Chronicles 10 and verse 13, the Bible speaks of Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And as wise as Solomon was with the counsel of his, 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 uh, his elders, when his son becomes king, he... 
he decides to make a decision based on what his friends are telling him. And in 2 Chronicles 10 and 13, it says, Then the king, Rehoboam, rejected the advice of the elders. That's a dangerous thing. Trust the Bible. Seek godly counsel. And, and then pray and agree with God. Pray and agree with Him. I find it's important for us to imitate God. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 5 and 1 says, Therefore be you imitators of God as dear children. It's something about children. They, they want, when they're young, they want to be like their, their dad and mom. I remember walking in and Ricky was uh, barely out of diapers and, and he's, I, I caught him in my shoes and he's just picking them up and my big old size 11s and, and it hit me hard because I'm thinking, well, wow, you know, that's true enough. And I think they'll follow after my, become imitators of, of me as an earthly father. And what a, what a weight that is on your life. It, it makes you want to do the right thing when you know they're going to follow after your steps. Become imitators of God as dear children. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying don't expect God to become like you. Stop trying to argue with Him and convince Him that what you want, what you desire, that's contrary to His Word, somehow is okay. Stop arguing with God. Stop disagreeing with the Lord. Stop disagreeing with the Word of God. You'll find such peace when you reach a place that you say He's always right and His Word is right and I'm going to pray and agree with God because it's important to understand that we, what, we, what we imitate, it's what we admire. For instance, that's why so many imitate Hollywood and Hollywood actors. They, they imitate their hairstyle, their clothing, their speech, or even their gait, the way they walk. I still wear my hair a lot like my dad. I have his walk. I have his smile. Oh, God calls me to act like my heavenly Father. Help me to become like you, Lord. Uh, remember, again, if you disagree with God, you've been wrong before. God loves you. And can I tell you, He is a good, good Father? We sang our last chorus. The last chorus we sang before I came to the stage to minister. You sang it, and I want to see if you'll amen it now. But when we sang it, we sang... Hallelujah, you have saved me. So much better your way. Hallelujah, great defender. So much better your way. I'm just telling you today, it's so much better his way. Can we give him a great praise offering for that? <laughs> Allow me to wrap things up with this, this final thought. Dare to follow him. And the reason I say dare to follow him is because, well, man, it's not a, always easy. He asks us to do things by faith. And so when he asks you to step into the Red Sea, to, to take that step with your family, to trust him and put your confidence in his word and step forward, it, it takes courage to do that. And, and so that's why I say dare to follow Jesus. The Hebrew people took God at his word and followed it into the midst of the Red Sea. And they had their first encounter with God's direction. What do I mean? Well, Deuteron Numbers rather 13 and 33 says, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 1 and 33, who went in the way before you, it says. He went in the way before you to search you out a place. Do you know God goes before you to search out a place for you? 
And he did it with fire by night to show you by what way you should go. Do you see that? Fire by night to show you by what way you should go. And a cloud by day. God brought a fire and a cloud for the first time there at the Red Sea. For the first time. And God said, if you'll take this step of courage, watch what I do. And so he took that cloud, that pillar of cloud and fire, and he moved it around behind them and put it between Pharaoh's army and them. And Pharaoh's army wandered around all night and couldn't find the people of God. Then the rod is raised and they start out into the sea and that cloud, hallelujah, begins to move into the sea and Pharaoh's army began to pursue and follow after that cloud and they went right into the middle of the sea, water wall on each side. And it got to the other side of the sea. And while Pharaoh's army is in the middle, the cloud moves around in front of the people of God and says, Now let me be your great defender. Let me show you the way. Let me be a fire by night and a cloud by day. Hallelujah. And then the water wall collapsed upon Pharaoh's army. And I'm here to tell you that your adversary, the devil, was defeated at the cross of Calvary. The blood of Jesus stands between you. And the enemy, you're free. You're free indeed. Dare to follow God into the sea. I wonder just for a moment if we could, we could think about, about this thought. When you f- step into the sea, what does that mean for you then when you enter into the promises of God on the other side? It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. First of all, forward progress in your life will always mean giants. There were no giants behind them. <laughs> Pharaoh's army had been drowned. And, and they wandered 40 years in the sea and wouldn't go in, or in the uh, wilderness and wouldn't go into the promised land. And in that 40 years, they turned their back on the promise and wandered around because of the giants. I'm here to tell you that forward progress always involves giants. There ain't no giants behind you. You can keep wandering around if you want to. You can keep going in circles and doing the same old thing and making the same old mistakes and waste 40 years of your life. Or you can make your commitment to give your life to Jesus. Let Him lead you in the path ahead of you. Trust Him. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? Numbers 13, 33, and there we saw the giants. When you get into the promised land, well, there you see the giants. When you step into what God has for you and follow Him and His leading, you'll see giants. So I'm not saying that God's purpose would never produce any giants or opposition. (laughs) As a matter of fact, it often will. But we need to buck up and show a little courage. We need to trust God and take Him at His word and move by faith forward. God's purpose. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. Think about God's purpose for your life and then think about this decision that the Apostle Paul made in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. He said... I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Now for most of us, we would have said, I'm leaving Ephesus. There could be some good things happen here, but there are a lot of adversaries. There's great opposition. I love the courage of this man of God who knows he's in the will of God that says, 
I'm going to stay here till Pentecost, and I'm going to preach because a great door is open. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of adversaries. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That means I must be right in the middle of the will of God. To be able to say, I'm going to trust God that he brought me here, led me here, and is going to continue to lead me. Do you trust him? Can you trust him with even with your family? As we pray, I want to ask you to trust him because he loves you and he loves your family. In Ezra chapter 8, Ezra led another group, like Moses did, out of bondage, but this group was led out of Babylon. They had spent 70 years in captivity. And Ezra, the priest, is leading them back across a thousand-mile journey across the desert toward Jerusalem. And on that journey, he stops at, at a brook, the Scripture says, the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before God. What that means is that we might fast and pray is what it's saying. To seek of Him. Is this in your Bible? To seek of Him what? A right way for us, for our little ones, and for all our substance. God has a right way for you, for every couple in this room, for your children, and even for your substance, your money, your possessions. He has a right way. I can't tell you, Derek, you've known me. You were born, literally. Had the joy of dedicating you as a baby. But I can't tell you in all those years of pastorate how many times I. The altar is a little different right now, but right here in the same place, I would lay across the two steps that led up to the, to the stage, and I'd lay across them and cry out for Teresa and I, for our family, a right way. And see, nobody's born with some innate ability to do everything right. We need God. And, and so I f would fall on my face. God, I, I need to know the right way. My kids are growing up. They're, Robbie's in high school. <laughs> Ricky gets to high school. I'm, I'm praying over relationships. And then, and then it's, oh my goodness, they it brought this girl home. In Ricky's case, he kept bringing different girls home every, every once a week. I got so tired of it, I walked up to the, this girl one day and I said, Oh, hello, Janet. And she said, oh, No, my name. Oh, I said, That's right. That was last week. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. You know, Dad. I said, Well, you know, son, I mean, you know, cool your jets here. I, I mean, I'm praying over him and he's out of high school college and, and believing God. And Rebecca comes along, my only girl, my baby girl. Oh, I wanted the right way for her so desperately. Standing at the back of the aisle when she was getting married the day she married, I offered her a cherry red Mustang brand new. If she just walk out, we'll walk out right now. I don't care how much money we spent. You don't want to do this. And, and, uh, she says, no, Daddy, I, I love Jesse. I said, well, okay, I took one last shot. Man, the prayer you do is a parent, the intercession. And so today, I'm here to tell you, ten grandchildren later, all three children married, 
happily. I'm here to tell you that seek a right way for you, your children, and all your substance. Take one step at a time. Make one good decision at a time. Trust God's Word. Study His Word. Take Him at His Word. And step out by faith, and He'll give you strength for each step. Can we stand together today? Thank you for standing. It helps me quit. (laughs) You might be saying, I'd have stood a long time ago if I'd known that. God will give you the underlying strength necessary. And that's what we're going to pray about. He will give you the strength necessary to do His will and to make godly decisions. He will. I promise you. He will give you the wisdom and the strength necessary. And there are two kinds of strength He imparts. The first is strength in character for decision making. In Ephesians 3 and 16, let's ask God right now for strength of character in our decision making. Because what happens is He promised you to strengthen, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Right in here, there's a little... There's a little tiny clock that determines our character and our integrity. And just a little adjustment one way or the other could mess it up. You let God get in there and you trust Him and let Him tweak your values, the right, the wrong, sin, and righteousness. And you, do, you let Him do that and He'll give you the strength of character for godly decisions. And then He'll also give you physical strength to fulfill His purpose. I love Deuteronomy 33. We've read a couple verses from it. Let's read one more. Verse 25, Deuteronomy 33, 25. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. God will give you strength for the days of your journey so that you fulfill His purpose. I'm asking Him for that. I don't know how much time God will give me on this earth, but I do know that He will give me strength, physical strength, for the number of my days. And I'm asking God for that. How many of you believe God will do that for you? All right, right now we're going to pray, and we're just going to bow our heads together, every head bowed. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Thank you for your strength, strength for each step. I pray for physical strength in each life here so that they can fulfill your purpose in their life. I pray for strength of character in decision-making. I ask you in Jesus' mighty name, Father, when it, no matter what the decision is concerning, if our feelings are, are leading us in a way that disagrees with your word, then help us to do some harm to our feelings and line them up with the word of God. Lord, if our, if our temptation, the temptation laying before us, is trying to lead us in a path that would lead to sin, then God, I pray that you close that door immediately and right now you give us the strength of character to make a godly decision for our family's sake. And we give you the glory and the honor for strength of character and physical strength in Jesus' mighty name. Strength for the next step. Amen. Can we put our hands together and thank Him for His Word today? Isn't He a good God? Oh, let us thank Him and give Him praise. He's such a good, good Lord. Amen. Our altar-